Trump was impeached today, though I think it's a little like having a raccoon in your garage and poking it with a broom. It's still there. It's just mad now. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so there was a, a court ruling on Obamacare. Yeah, that's still a thing, I guess. And they decided, no, you can't mandate people to get health care. I thought we discussed this like 10 years ago. They just ruled on the individual mandate? Anywho, uh, what, what's, what's, what, yeah. what's that going to do to... Uh, I feel like I fell asleep during the first quarter of a game. I wake up, my team's behind by 20. What happened? <laughs> Where have I been? Uh, we'll talk to Craig Gottwals. He's uh, he's everything about healthcare. Uh, coming up in a little bit. He's the healthcare guru. And what isn't and is and isn't acceptable in the workplace now, according to a new study... Times have changed. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, I'll keep my pants on for 10 more minutes till you let me know, but I'm itching to take them. Hey, uh, listen, a, a brief personal note, if I might, I would like to wish a happy birthday to my bride, the lovely Judith, my best friend, my the mother of my beautiful children, my wine-tasting pal, my golf buddy, um, and not insignificantly, the chief financial officer of the Armstrong and Getty Empire. Mm. Uh, happy birthday, sweetheart. We're in the time of life when you're maybe not thrilled at every birthday, but beats the alternative, right? Barely. <laughs> Some days. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, sweetie. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it. Well, then a happy birthday. Yeah. But the uh, the 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 rapidity with which birthdays seem to come around as no. you get older is just. Didn't I have a birthday like a month ago? Yeah, you know, it's funny what? getting back to the theme of what happened. Where am I? Uh, I think about, you know, because we, we met when we were more or less kids, I mean, by most standards. Um, and and now I look at how long we've been together and everything we've been through, and it's like, how can that possibly be? But it is. It is. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy it. Doesn't go, it, it doesn't last. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, well, so, how? the ACLU has called for tampons in men's rooms in order to achieve menstrual equity. <laughs> More on that story to come. <laughs> yeah, okay. And again, ACLU, I remember when you weren't a freaking joke. And you know what? You were awesome. You were fighting for real civil liberties. And and you were you were protecting the Constitution. Now you've become a tool of the far left in a way that's just unrecognizable and and just silly check yourselves tomorrow's the last day of our broadcast year and it's a fun day we play clips of the year and all that sort of stuff and uh it's marshall's last day so we'll be talking about that um uh but when we come back on is it the sixth or the seventh the sixth Sixth? Mm -hmm. monday the sixth it's the impeachment starts in the senate and what that's going to look like i don't know but uh, yeah, when yay, we got something to talk about to start the new year. Hey, a um, quick note, if I might, about when we're off. Uh, thanks to the uh, the great work of of Hanson and Michelangelo and Positive Sean, a lot of the best of you here is going to be uh, podcast stuff that's never been on the air before. Now, you completists who listen to the the show and the whole podcast and the rest of it, completists. Thank you. Oh my God, God bless you, uh, and we're doing our best for you, but. For the rest of you who have lives, um, Whoa, I, I'm kidding. Wow, wow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kicking your biggest fans. I'm, I'm just, they know I'm messing with them. No, but those of you who don't get a chance to listen to everything, there's going to be lots and lots of stuff while we're on vacation that's brand new to you. I just saw my favorite end of the year list, end of the decade list. Oh, really? 
Do tell. What are the top three best-selling books of the last decade? Oh, oh, oh. The Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. I was going to say. Numbers one, two, and three for the decade. That's incredible. Weak women, porn designed for women housewives. like erotica, but it's got to be done right. And that person, whoever that is, they just nailed it. Back to our argument we've had before of whether that, that makes it great literature. I say it does. Joe says it doesn't. Oh, for God's sake. I'm not even going to dignify that opinion. I think if you're that popular with that many people, it is by definition great. I'd say it's great communication. I don't think it's great literature. One, two, and three for the decade. It's like formulaic pop music. And like, I know how many... It doesn't make it good. It just... Well, it does make it good. It's got a different goal. I know how many, for instance... um, uh, Diary of a, of a Wimpy Kid books have sold. The kids' books that sell like hotcakes. I, I think th- those the and that, the Dave Pilkey stuff are brilliant. The, the fact that Fifty Shades of Grey outsold those yeah. is astounding. Right. So you should probably be reading your kids the Fifty Shades of Grey book. You know, I was going to bring up, the was Diary of a Wimpy Kid around when your kids were young or not? I was just becoming okay. aware of it as they so, were getting older. I was going to give an example of that, because uh, we got the latest uh, we were reading in the other day, and, and why it's popular, and... The people that write the modern kids' books, they they get kids in a way that a lot of the people that are are, are pretending to write kids' books mm. don't. I, they understand I, kids mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They remember. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, an example uh, of that sort of thing would be, before I had kids, I always did this, and now I feel guilty about it. And we run into other people often that do this with our kids, especially when they were little. They talk to kids like this. Oh, hi. How are you? Are you in school? And my kids yeah. just are automatically repulsed by yeah. that. Yeah. And the people, the babysitters they like, the, the adults they like, say, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know. What's up, dude? Yeah. Right. Cool hat, dude. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. Hi. With the big eyes and the big smile. Oh, and it just makes them all go, me off. <laughs> and there are kids' books out there that are that version of it. And the kids hate those kind of books. Yeah. And they love, yeah. like, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And we were reading a chapter just last night that was so funny where the Wimpy Kid, he's, because uh, he ages throughout the thing, kind of like Harry Potter does. But in this one, he's probably like eight years old. Uh-huh. And he's talking about the most horrifying thing that's ever happened to him. He's at the public pool and he saw some grown men naked in the locker room. Oh. <laughs> and I just thought that it's hilarious. Right. That is real, true. Right. Relate to it as a kid. The first kind of author would never write that. No. Right. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my kids were laughing so hard as the wimpy kid was going on about oh, to know sure. how hairy the grown up oh, was. I don't and He'll never be able to not see that. And, the and he mentions the things his mom's always afraid of him seeing. He said, oh, this is the most impactful thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is true. I still remember the first time I saw grown men naked in the, in the locker room as a kid. That impacts you more than any bad thing they're going to see on television. I don't know if it's negative or positive, but it's just, ah! You like uh, gladiator movies? You'll never forget it. <laughs> you ever seen a grown man naked? I've never actually read, I don't think, a paragraph of Fifty Shades of Grey. Top-selling three books of the last decade. Yeah. It's not for me, right? I, no. I, I have, actually. Did yeah. it turn you on? Uh, I don't really remember. Um, I, I, I did not find the writing very good. 
that's a common criticism of the books. It's not. Its origin was the, so you know the Twilight movies, right? The vampires and werewolves. Yeah. Th- this was based out of fan fiction of that. Right. Uh, a fan of that was kind of just doing a, a twist on forbidden love or, or something, and and instead of a vampire, they just made the desire a billionaire. Yeah. That's that's the big change, and they they indulge. They they say yes to temptations as opposed to saying no, which is a lot of what the Twilight is. Mm. Yeah, right. I wish I'd have come up with a freaking idea. Oh, yeah. I can write poorly. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I can do that every I day. I can write really poorly constructed porn <laughs> sentences. Uh, it worked, you know? People liked it, but yeah, okay. So, David Axelrod tweeted I don't like out. him. Don't like his name. It's repetitive. It's redundant. <laughs> Axel and Rod. Right, they're the same thing. Um, He tweeted out. John Stonerock. It's idiotic. And he's the guy who ran Obama's campaign and obviously was uh, instrumental in getting the whole Obamacare thing going. He said, you know, when the fear of impeachment is over, the thing people are going to be talking about for 2020 is this ACA ruling from yesterday. He said, my prediction, this will be a bigger issue than impeachment. Clearly true. Mm-hmm. As the, a court ruled yesterday that the mandate doesn't fly constitutionally. Well, does the whole thing fall apart now? I think it does. It might. you got to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to well, talk. If we can get the Republicans in, they'll repeal and replace it. Oh, that's right. They hilarious. had a couple of years. That is hilarious. And they didn't. <laughs> so we'll talk to Craig Gottwalls, Craig, the healthcare guru, about this next. What's this going to mean for our, well, our health insurance and everything? We've got serious problems with our health care system. As a court has uh, come up with a ruling on Obamacare? What? We were done with Obamacare. Yeah, I'm surprised, confused, and, and perplexed. Why not reach out to the health care guru, Craig Gottwalls, uh, attorney law benefit consultant and expert to uh, help understand what the heck's going on. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm good. Merry Christmas, Jack and Joe. Thank you. Same to you and yours. Uh, thanks for the super cute pictures of your, your dog. I've shared them with my daughter, and she has uh, enjoyed them very much. Uh, so, hey, uh-huh. Fantastic. Uh, listen, who knew the courts were still trying uh, Obamacare? What does this ruling mean? So you and your listeners should have the same level of disdain and warred outedness, if that's a word, for this topic as they do for impeachment at this point. This is... I laugh and I scoff when I read the news reports on this and I hear uh, people like David Nimrod saying that it's a big deal. It is absolutely not a big deal. Oh, okay, go good. Now, if, yeah, if you if you are a law professor and you want to attack this issue purely from a, 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 a law a law classroom environment, you might you might have fun with it. But here's the reality, guys. The reality is from a macro political economic standpoint. The individual mandate is useless and has been dead since 2013, 2014. Remember, we had a Supreme Court case in 2012. That Supreme Court case was about whether or not the federal government could compel you to purchase a private good you did not want to purchase, namely health care. John Roberts passed the deciding vote in that case, and he said, well, we're going to save the individual mandate because we're going to say it's a tax. And because it's a tax, the federal government could compel you to do it. And so the law stands. Now, what does that mean? Well, the law stands means that 
all of the 22 original taxes in the law and mandates and the original projections of the law, every projection of which was 100 percent as favorable to the federal government as could be, projected that the law was going to cost just under one trillion dollars. And that was important when the law passed in 2010. And it was important in those first couple of years to make the law look legitimate. Right. But the reality is, as soon as that Supreme Court case went through, the Democrats in the Obama administration started to realize what whoa. It doesn't look good for us to start penalizing our constituents who don't want to buy Obamacare. It's not very healthy. It doesn't, it's not a good look for us to go to the, the down and out, the downtrodden, the people who had a death in the family, the people who had a bankruptcy that year and say, hey, you guys have to purchase health insurance or we're going to fine you. And so Democrats very quickly realized, ah, we're not going to get reelected if we walk down this road. So if you'll remember, we, we talked about this years ago. Uh, Starting in about 2014, the federal government, through a regulatory process, and we all know how we feel about regulations on the Armstrong and Getty show, started passing exemptions to the individual mandate. We got up to 32 exemptions to the individual mandate. And if you'll remember, my favorite exemption was if you tried to log on to the website and the website didn't work, then the individual mandate does not apply to you. So as Joe, as Joe at the time said, this is nothing more than an IQ test. You have to be very, very low IQ, so low IQ that the military wouldn't take you in order to not have to deal with the individual mandate. So what did that mean? Well, that meant that a lot of people that didn't want to buy insurance didn't buy it. That meant that healthy people weren't in the system. That meant that premiums went up. That didn't really bother anybody because when premiums go up, the law works to fund all the insurance companies even more. And the price of the law went from just under a trillion dollars to just under two trillion dollars. And who really so, cares? Listen, just to summarize, we're getting trillion. we're getting into a lot of detail <laughs> here. But to summarize, the individual mandate has never existed in in a real it way. Only exists. Yeah, it's only existed for something like two to four percent of the population. Okay. And right. then in, in 2017, as part of the tax plan that Trump passed through, Democrats and Republicans agreed. Yeah, the individual mandate's useless, but because we want to save face and we don't want to totally repeal it, we'll just make the penalty for those who don't buy insurance zero. So starting in 2017, we haven't had an individual mandate by law anyway. So the argument now that the individual mandate is necessary to keep this law afloat, that argument only works if you are a federal government that believes we have to have our books balanced. And of course, We've just been we've been witnessing. We don't believe that we have right. twenty two, twenty three trillion dollars in debt. Nobody cares. I'm a little fired up. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. So, OK, yeah, Chris well, so, the health care guru is on the line. So health care might be a giant issue for 2020. But the particular ending of the mandate as uh, Axelrod's wrong about that, that's not going to be an issue. He's wrong, and you said it earlier on the show, Jack, because nobody, neither Republicans nor Democrats, are going to get rid of insurance for kids up to 26. They're not going to get rid of prior uh, pre-existing condition protections, and they're not going to get rid of the federal transfers, the subsidies to buy insurance in the Obamacare exchanges. Those are here forever, and they're not going anywhere. So whether or not we have an individual mandate that shrinks the cost of the law a minuscule amount in the grand scheme of things, totally irrelevant. Okay. There you have it. Yeah. This is probably the only place in America yep. you're going to hear that. Right. Your facts are indisputable, Craig. Craig Gottwals, uh, attorney law benefit uh, consultant. You can uh, find more uh, as Twitter handles at Ben Revolution. Uh, you'd have to see that in print. It's Benny. 
benefit Benny Revolution. Benny Revolution, yeah. <laughs> com is the website, or just uh, reach out to us and we'll put you in, t- uh, in touch if you need help with benefits and that sort of thing. Craig, thanks for the info. Thanks, guys. Yeah, we'll talk soon. So never mind, that's not a big deal. You're right. Okay. How about that? I misspoke. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, battle over the impeachment trial in the Senate really heating up. Will it actually happen? Yeah, it's heating up like a Twitter war heats up, though. That's my whole point about the modern times. How'd you like a Democratic debate for Christmas? Well, you got one. And warming <laughs> temps causing a rise in premature births. What? Do you think there's any chance that Nancy actually uh, like pulls the plug on this thing? I would be so delighted by that. It's like getting a pony for Christmas. I can't even think about it because I don't want my hopes to be that high. And then because that'd be so strange. I assume working with Chuck Schumer, they they try to make it look like we couldn't get a fair trial, so we didn't. There do was it. no point in going ahead. A predetermined outcome by a crooked process. Mitch McConnell said himself he's not an impartial juror. Right. That sort of thing. We're not going to put the American people through. It's not inconceivable. No, no, no. Might even be a good. Uh, might even be a good tactic. I don't know. Face saving, yeah, because there's there's not there's very little to gain from the Democrats for the Democrats at this point. No, everybody's going to sit there rolling their eyes as they go through their rigmarole. Then they'll acquit Trump, and we'll all move on with our lives. The old rigmarole. Armstrong and Getty. So Beyonce was the top-selling artist of the decade as we wrap up the 2010s. The top rock album of the decade, according to Billboard, I don't know what that means, was 21 Pilots' Blurry Face, which we listen to all the time at my house. Huh. My name is Blurry Face, and I don't care what you think. Um, I guess I'm not surprised that Beyonce is the top-selling artist of the decade. Eminem was of the previous decade, I know. I would not have guessed the 21 Pilots. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Been uh, badly affected by the uh, grounding of the Boeing 737 MAX plane, as I understand it. Right. Actually, you know what's been affected, or could be affected, is the economy and the stock market. Oof. That's a huge blow. Boeing is America's number one exporter. Did not know that. Yes, sir. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says he thinks Nancy Pelosi's threat to withhold submitting the articles of impeachment to the Senate until the Senate leaders will provide a fair process in a trial. McConnell thinks that indicates problems with the Dems case. The House Democrats may be too afraid, too afraid to even transmit their shoddy work product to the Senate. Mr. President, it looks like the prosecutors are getting cold feet. Wow, that's a pretty good shot. Yep. Here's here's part of a... Uh, Tired uh, of all of it, but it's a good shot. Yeah, here's part of a period I think we might be going through. Since there is this weird media government complex thing happening now, the biggest champions of impeachment were in the media. <laughs> oh, yeah. They drove the whole thing forward. And the regular people just aren't that into it. And Or, or a lot of other stories that DC talks about. Over years, it might take years for this to happen. Politicians will figure out, okay, all that stuff that's happening on cable news and talk radio to a certain right. extent is not actually what voters are into. Mm-hmm. I need a different way of surveying this or polling it or whatever, but I can't turn on the TV and get a sense of what's going on, because mm-hmm. that ain't it. Yeah, Trump knows that a little better than most people, but um, I'm hoping we go through this period at some point. Yeah, the media are trying desperately to get you interested in this stuff, so you'll watch every single day, but was it was it our old uh, boss, Ken, who hired us ages ago um, to do a talk radio show? He called 
the impeachment of Clinton, the uh, talk radio full employment act of 1994 right, right. or whatever it was, um, which was pretty insightful. Yeah. And that's what they're desperately trying to gin up now. Because why else would you turn on CNN? Really, there's n- there's no good reason. <laughs> Meanwhile, as the House was about to vote on impeachment last night, President Trump was holding a campaign rally in Battle Creek, Michigan, referring to the move to impeach. You are the ones interfering in America's elections. You are the ones subverting America's democracy. We did nothing wrong, nothing whatsoever. This was just an excuse. You are the ones obstructing justice. You are the ones bringing pain and suffering to our republic. That's really good move making it about you, the voters. See, yeah. they're attacking you. They don't like you. Right. That's, that's a good political move. Well, it's populism. Um, we got to play the, I haven't even heard the whole thing, the Trump rant about flushing toilets and whatnot. From the is he back on that? Yeah, from the rally last <laughs> so night. Nobody figured out what he's talking about. Well, maybe we'll we'll play okay. it coming up. All right. Also, uh, we what do you make him. Also, we've got the last Democratic presidential debate of the year today. Oh, so soon? It'll, <laughs> it'll be in Los Angeles, featuring the fewest number of candidates so far, just seven of them. Briefly, because when we come back, they're going to add candidates in, it looks like. Yeah, and to add, get more diversity. Yeah. They're How? going to literally lower the standards to get more diversity. Is this a two-hour? I believe it is, yeah. It's going to be on both PBS and CNN. And I think it's hours 16 and 17 Something of debates like that. this year that haven't moved the needle at all, really, for anyone. Finally, we'll get an idea of where these folks stand on the issues. Meanwhile, a new Fox News poll finds a wealth tax, such as the one being proposed by Elizabeth Warren, has got a 68% approval among registered voters. Huh. That's the highest level of support for any proposal by any current candidate. That's 68%. A, that's the percentage of Americans who don't understand how it would work and not work, apparently. California Senator Dianne Feinstein's now asking the CDC to look into climate change and how it could affect childbirths. This, after a UCLA study, has prompted the Democratic, uh, Democrat to call on the health agency to consider the relationship between the warmer temperatures and early premature deliveries. What? The study found that birth rates climbed when days rose above 90 degrees, and then they dropped again when the weather cooled. The letter from the senator is also urging the agency to develop solutions to address the impacts of climate change on children's health. Okay, all right. One last note. Have you ever uh, developed rituals around doing your dishes? Well, apparently, doing the dishes has been surveyed by dish soap maker Don and finds 60% of Americans say they now clean as they go when it comes to scrubbing their pots and pans. I do like that when I'm cooking. Yep. I got like a big old mixing bowl full of soapy water, and I just get it clean as you go, yep. and you don't have the big job at the end. Yep. This basically means washing one or two items during cooking downtime instead of letting them all pile up at the end. By the way, they showed the survey showed that washing dishes is the second least favorite household chore. Oh, speak, speaking of cooking, my little uh, my little one is home from college, yes. and she and Judy have been a bacon. Judy um, never bakes anymore because we don't want it in the house. Yeah, right? yeah, for two people, yeah. Right. But little D wanted some uh, gingerbread men. Oh, I'm defenseless, completely oh, defenseless. Hey, how's your shiny narwhal? Oh, our, our sparkling Christmas narwhal? Yes. He's festive. Good. <laughs> He's fabulous. That's great. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. How else?
guess what a sparkling Christmas narwhal be? It's fabulous. So that's from the movie Elf. That's how that caught on. What? I understand the, the narwhal. Yeah, the Christmas narwhal. I have no idea. Yeah, it's from the movie Elf. Jack, I don't need to explain sparkling Christmas narwhals. <laughs> no. I just need to appreciate. They don't them. need to have a root cause. Right. There's no uh, origin story needed. They just are. They just they exist. Right. Uh, Trump getting back to the old flushing toilets uh, thing at the big rally in Michigan last night, among other things. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And they said, here's what you do, boot, edge, edge. Say edge like the edge of a building. Edge, edge. Boot, edge, edge. What? Alfred E. Newman. You got to be older to know what that means. That whole edge, edge thing. What? Why does he think that's funny? Uh, I don't know. Well, 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 well. Uh, that's Trump riffing in Michigan last night. He had a big rally while he was uh, being impeached, which is an interesting thing to do. Um, uh, it's the same as uh, going after Rubio for drinking too much water or uh, the the neck on that guy or uh, whatever. Was this a, del- a coincidental scheduling thing, or did he counter-program a rally on the impeachment day? How long ago was uh, this? Nobody, nobody had any idea what time they were going to finally get to the voting. I mean, that, right, that right, came right. together fairly late, so I think right, this yeah. had to be set up ahead of time. Well, he's done quite a few in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, here he is. Remember a couple of weeks I, ago? You know what, though, Sean? I, the, I like it as a juxtaposition. It really shows. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I got better things to do. Um, remember a couple of weeks ago, he said he brought up the idea of people flushing toilets 10, 15 times. And I never looked into <laughs> what he was talking about. But anyway, he got he got into it deeper last night in Michigan. Sinks, right? Showers. And what goes with a sink and a shower? Soap. Ten times, right? Ten times. Wow, Bob, not me, of course, not me. But you, him. But I never mentioned that. Because one time I mentioned all three. I said, sinks, showers, and toilets. The headline was, Trump with the toilets, toilets. That's all they were. They don't even mention this. So I didn't mention that, okay? I go off the record. But you know what? It's terrible. You want to wash your hands, you turn on the sink, the water comes out. So you leave the water go ten times as long, it's the same thing. You have a shower. It's no good for me. Some idea what he's talking about. I think about. He's, he's talking about like low flow sinks and such. D- does he set it up before he gets into it? I mean, he just starts in the middle and you're not sure what he's talking I about. I think Trump's one of the great communicators in the history of uh, populism in terms yeah. of reaching crowds and getting them fired up. But I don't know what he's doing here. <laughs> you have a shower, it's no good for me. For me, you know, the one thing that came out really good about being in this business, I used to, they always used to say I wore a hairpiece. It's okay. I know people wear hairpiece, but they always used to say, they don't say that anymore because I have been through the worst storms. If you wear one of those suckers, you got to give it up fast because within two weeks they got you. 
Dishwashers. We did the dishwasher, right? You press it. Remember the dishwasher? You'd press it, boom, there'd be like an explosion. Five minutes later, you open it up, the steam pours out, the dishes. Now you press it 12 times. Women tell me, again, you know, they give you four drops of water. And they're in places where there's so much water, they don't know what to do with it. Now, I agree, we want with, a land of- I agree with her on the dishwashers. I'm glad they're going after the regulations. The dishwashers don't take two and a half hours anymore uh, for environmental reasons. But um, I, I, don't, I don't know what the flushing toilets thing is about. And the crowd is trying to hang low flow toilets. Crowd is trying to hang there. Yeah, but is that a hot topic? Uh, uh, not really. I mean, I agree. Hmm. We had that. Uh, we have like low flowish uh, faucets around here in the radio ranch, and you just run it three times as long to wash your hands. We got to have a better example of something where he's really kicking ass. Like do the Clinton stuff again. It's been quite a while oh, since we played because that's pretty good stuff. Yeah. And you can't get much worse than what they're right. So what happens? So what happens is Bill Clinton said to Crooked Hillary, his very dishonest wife, said, "Crooked Hillary, do you think he calls her Crooked Hillary?" Mike? <laughs> Maybe he just calls her Crooked. He said, "Crooked, I'm telling you, Crooked." I don't like what I'm seeing in Michigan. I don't like what I'm seeing in Wisconsin. Either. Said I, uh, I took a trip to Wisconsin, and I'll tell you what, they had those Trump pen signs all the way to the convention area, every lawn, every lawn. I don't like Wisconsin, and they said, "Oh, don't worry about it. what the hell does he know?" I'll tell you what, the first debate between Trump and whoever it is is going to get such crazy ratings if he does it. He'll he'll hold out and hold out and hint that he's not going to do it. Then he will do it, and it will get crazy high ratings. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, and I, I, I am uh, I am simultaneously giddy with excitement about it and just nervous. An interesting thing why. that Mark Halperin told us. Mark Halperin, who wrote the book uh, "How to Beat Trump," um, and he talked to fifty different strategists, Republicans and Democrats. Uh, on and off the record about running for Trump. And he 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 mentioned how so many of the strategists, including Democrats, who originally felt like Trump was terrible in the debates, went back and watched the debates and felt like he won the debates. Mm-hmm. If you watched it, you know, with a, with a little less... Uh, passion? Passion. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought, you know, he came out the, on the better end of that debate. Yeah, interesting. And uh, that's that's what people are going to have to deal with. Well, you, you, it's so distracting how wildly unconventional he is that you don't realize, oh, you know, he got in a couple of really good points there. Well, and there's a debate tonight. You can't score him with the, he made a good point when he got in with the 2,500. That's not the way it works. Right. It's what's the overall impression people leave with, more mm-hmm. positive or less positive. Right. Yeah. Well, we shall see. What I'm waiting to see is, will the uh, other politicians try and match his crazy? I thought that's what was going to happen, but there hasn't been a lot of that. Yeah, that's going to be the most interesting aspect of it to me, just as an observer of these things, is how do you respond to Trump being Trump? I mean, if you try to out-Trump him, you're screwed. I mean, unless you are you can. I mean, it's a rare bird that could outdo him. Um, do you ignore it? Do you just shake your head sadly? Can you believe this is what we've come to, this buffoon, this clown? Um, I, I don't know. 
So I think this is interesting. The Yankees are fully on board now, and they revealed their uh, jerseys. They got a, a, a Nike swoosh on them for next oh. season. That was the, the, the holdout. The New York Yankees, if you're not into baseball, are kind of famously uh, old-school, traditional you're not allowed to have facial hair as a player. Sorry, the, all the beards and mustaches, not on the Yankees. Uh, they don't have names on the back of the uniforms because you're part of a team. You're not an individual and just stuff like that. And uh, they were the last holdouts for giving in with the, the giant deal that Major League Baseball made with Nike to get the Nike swoosh put on uniforms. And they're going to be on all uniforms next year. Inclu- on the chest, it was oh, more every money. team. Every team. Oh, interesting. I just I asked because the NBA, the teams have individual deals, and it was a one billion dollar deal that uh, Major League Baseball made with Ooh. Nike to get the little swoosh on the chest of the jerseys. And a lot of your purists really hate it, particularly on Yankees jerseys. It is, it is something. How it, big is it? Not very big at all. Is it right on the chest? I'd assume. Oh yeah, it's That's small upper right there. Yeah, yeah okay. it's not a big deal, but it is. It's crass. But it, you know, it's a it's a for profit enterprise. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's a TV show. It doesn't bother me. Uh, in the least. Really, the only interesting thing is that it hasn't happened earlier. How that how all jerseys and sports and helmets aren't just covered with logos is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. I assume the dudes will be able to wear their own gear though. If they have Adidas spikes, they'll continue to wear those and such. I would imagine. Yeah, Although it's that's... not like a college that can compel you to wear Nike shoes that then disintegrate in your first game. Isn't, Ryan Williamson, isn't it seen as uncool though? I do it all the time, where you got like uh, Nike shoes with a Vans sweater hey. and a Converse hat. You're asking me. <laughs> You're clearly a confused individual. Is is what we snicker behind your back when you walk around in those things? That's fine. My son Mixed branding. My son, how, how I was going to be an influencer with that. Exactly. I was unaware of this. I think it was in uh, late high school, early college, whatever. He made clear, I'm not wearing anything with a freaking logo on it. Yeah, that's a big thing among certain crowds where they'll buy like a, a Ralph Lauren polo shirt. They like the shirt, but then get out a, 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 a little knife and thread and, and cut the, the horse out of it. Yeah. Because they don't want to have a logo on there. A lot, they're, they're, I've seen YouTube videos because I read an article about this on how to get logos out of various clothing. Interesting. You buy the clothing with the logo and they get the logo out of it. Calvin Klein's no friend of mine. Don't want nobody's name on my behind. That was the fantastic Run DMC back in the 80s. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't walk this way. <laughs> I don't particularly want the advertising logo, but I don't really care about it either. I got other things going on. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't. Not not sure I'm selling a lot of your shirts with your little horse here on my chest. You probably you? don't want me to have your yeah, logo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How much for me to take my logo, your logo off of this shirt? <laughs> I'm probably not no helping kidding. your look any. No oh, that's the kind of guy that wears those? We're prepared I, to pay you $15 million a year not to wear our brand. <laughs> we I, I have three was... logos on me that I can... Well, if you count my watch, my watch has a logo. I pretty much always have a Levi's logo on. My watch does have a logo. My jacket says Columbia on it. Yeah, I got, uh, well, I got an uh, Armstrong and Getty Cal Unicornia shirt on, so I'm sporting our own logo. The mixing of the brand seems to only really be an offense in the athleisure wear, where you either got to be Nike or Reebok or Adidas or British Knights. Are those even still in business anymore? But but, but yeah, wearing like, uh, obviously, Nike sweats with the big swoosh with Adidas shoes is seen as really uncool. I I don't have the slightest concern about that. (laughs) I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. Just saying, I mean... Fabulous discussion. But you know I, who was the best at matching all the logos with his, uh, his leisure wear was uh, Vince, who we mentioned earlier in the show, our old producer. Oh, yeah. Man, he really had it dialed in, and, and he, he'd be a different brand on different days. 
color coordinated, color coordinated, and the brands. Oh yeah, I got I got a friend who his shoes always match his shirt. Mm-hmm. He's he's a wears tennis shoes all the time guy, um, which gets to a thing I've got a poll I've got about workplaces and things that are now acceptable. One of them is there are tons of workplaces now where you can wear tennis shoes every single day, even in management. It's yeah. just you know part of the thing. But mm-hmm. his his shirt and shoes always match. It's just a gotta do thing. Okay, all right, well, he's got a thing. Yeah. So we haven't gotten back uh, lately to my list of people who are humiliated in the last decade. The 2010s were not good, too. Falls from grace. Uh, in 2013, signed a $40 million contract at age 22, but couldn't give up his gang-banging ways. Aaron Hernandez uh, of the New England Patriots found guilty of first-degree murder. Wow. Turned out he was probably involved in other murders. And uh, then committed suicide in prison. Yeah, over something really stupid. Although he had also like the worst case of brain injury they'd had, they'd ever seen. Yes, yeah, Having that's his brain right. mushed around. Yeah. Speaking of sportsy guys, 2013 world hero, first double amputee to compete against able-bodied runners in the Olympics. Oscar Pistorius of South Africa yeah. shot and killed his girlfriend. Wow. Did he go to prison for that? Uh, murder? He was sentenced to 13 years. For murdering so his those, girlfriend? One of those parts of the world where you just don't get that much time no. for murder. Yeah. So they have more murder there. Go figure. So we got more people that fell from grace. We're, we're, we're taking a look at people's failures over the last decade. And delighting in them. 